This is Greater Gospel Temple, the Church of Praise and Worship. Happy, happy Sunday morning to you in spite of everything else that's going on in the world today. Our God is an awesome, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious God. And that with an exclamation point. I am blessed and pleased to come to you with another wonderful Sunday School lesson from www.ouosu.com. It's the L.G. Parkhurst Jr. version of the Sunday School Commentary, which is based on the International Sunday School Lesson. Our scripture today is John the 8th chapter, the 48th through the 59th verses. Our subject is Jesus' answer to racism. I repeat, Jesus' answer to racism. Our focal scripture is John the 8th chapter and the 48th verse. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that we are a Samaritan the Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? That's John the 8th chapter and the 48th verse. We will go into our scripture, which is... The King James Version and it is as follows as soon as I pull it up here then answered the Jews and said unto him say we not well that thou art a Sumerian Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory, there is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast the devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his saying. 
Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. That is our scripture. Now we'll get to the commentary part. Jesus' answer to racism. After Jesus taught the religious leaders who wanted to kill him that their spiritual father was not Abraham or God but the devil because the devil is always a liar and a murderer and they acted as the devil, they attacked Jesus using a racial slur in their minds when they said he was a Samaritan because they hated Samaritans too. Amazingly, Jesus did not defend himself against the false claim that he was a Samaritan. Though the Bible does not tell us directly why Jesus did not defend himself against a racist charge, the Bible tells us enough about Jesus and his character to believe Jesus did not defend himself because Jesus saw nothing wrong with being a Samaritan or a member of any race, for he created all races and loves all races, therefore he ignored the charge. Jesus was not racially prejudiced against anyone. Jesus came to show the Father's love and save the world, people of all races. For example, he visited with a Samaritan woman at a well and led her and a Samaritan town to believe in him as the savior of the world. We can see that in John, the fourth chapter. He also told a parable that involved a good Samaritan who loved his neighborhood as the Lord commanded and helped a stranger who had been left for dead. See Luke the 10th chapter, the 25th through the 37th verses for that. Because Jesus was not racially prejudiced against anyone, he did not take the charge that he was a Samaritan as an insult. In the previous commentary on John the 8th chapter, we discussed that Jesus meant, or what he meant, when he said, the father of the religious leaders was the devil. In reply, he said he was possessed. They said, excuse me, he was possessed by a demon. He did reply to the charge that he had a demon because he wanted people to know the truth that he was the son of God and I am, who came to save people from their sins and give believers eternal life. Now Jesus did not tell lies and he did not want to kill anyone 
whereas the father of the religious leaders, the devil, wanted to kill Jesus. Furthermore, at the very least, the devil always inspired them to tell lies about themselves as hypocrites. They certainly told lies about Jesus when they later put him on trial. Jesus' signs revealed the depth of the Father's love for everyone, Jews, Samaritans, Romans, and all Gentiles everywhere. Jesus' signs of compassion show that he honored his Father and wanted to do his Father's work in the world. Jesus always gave his Father the credit for all the good he did when helping and teaching others. Because Jesus always did what the Father told him, he honored his Father. The religious leaders did not obey God, did not honor God, wanted to discredit Jesus before the believing crowd, and sought to kill Jesus. They did not honor God or Jesus. Now, unlike the religious leaders who sought glory from others by the way they prayed and wore special clothing in public, Jesus did not seek his own glory. Jesus set the example for those who would follow him. Believers should seek to glorify God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, not the glory that belongs to God alone. The Jewish religious leaders used the things of God to glorify themselves, as Jesus taught his true followers not to do this. God was the judge of Jesus, not the religious leaders, and God would judge the religious leaders for rejecting Jesus as the Savior of the world and Messiah. As previously used by Jesus in the Gospel of John, word, W-R-D, quote, end quote, in the singular meant the entirety of Jesus' message, including what the Father and He said about Him, what He came to do, and His commandments. Keep my commandments, quote, end quote, and teach all I have commanded you, and there's quote, end quote. So we can see that in John, the 14th chapter, and the 15th verse, and then Matthew, the 28th chapter, the 18th through the 21st verses. The 18th through the 20th verses, excuse me. Now, when we keep the word of Jesus, we repent and ask his forgiveness when we fail to do so. Because we love Jesus and want to learn his message, believe his message, and obey his message completely, we have assurance from Jesus that we will never see death. When we truly accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he makes us clean, but living in the world will necessitate his washing our feet after we sin. You can see that in John, the 13th chapter, the first through the 17th verses. 
Jesus spoke of the gift of eternal life that his Father sent him to give to all who would believe in him. We can see that in John the third chapter, the 16th through the 18th verses. And when Jesus gives his followers the gift of eternal life, they will never see or experience spiritual death. Okay, got that. So when their body dies, they will go to be with Jesus where he has gone to prepare a place for them. We can see that in John the 14th chapter, the first through the third verses. The religious leaders did not understand that Jesus was not speaking about physical death, but the spiritual life that believers will enjoy with Jesus before and after their bodies die. Physical death in this world will happen to everyone until Jesus returns, as he promised. Because the religious leaders misunderstood Jesus' meaning, they concluded that they now had conclusive evidence Jesus had a demon. Because God was not their true father, they could not understand Jesus. Now, I'm going back to this where it tells us that we will all die. It said that a physical death will happen to everyone. Now, whenever I hear this, I come across this in my studies. I always think about the scripture that tells us that we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So when Jesus comes down and he's there in the air for the rapture, It tells us that the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then those of us Christians who will remain will be caught up to meet him. Now, I might experience physical death. I'm not saying that I won't, but there are some who won't according to the scriptures, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We will get to where he is, whether we are physically dead or not, if we are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, when the religious religious leaders asked Jesus if he were greater than Abraham, they expected Jesus to say, quote, no, end quote, and explain himself, For they believed no one was greater than their father Abraham. When they mentioned the prophets who had died after Abraham died and before Jesus was born, they wanted to know if Jesus thought he was greater than the apostles or the prophets, excuse me. The prophets would have included Moses and Elijah and the prophets their fathers had killed. In Matthew, the 17th chapter, the first through the eighth verses on the Mount of Transfiguration, God the Father declared that his disciples should listen to Jesus, his beloved son, 
While Peter was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. We know that's not the King James Version. It's another version. So you can find that in Matthew, the 17th chapter, and the 5th verse. Now, since keeping believers in you from ever dying and keeping yourself from ever dying seemed impossible to them, they asked Jesus who he claimed to be. Was he greater than all those who had died before him? Jesus applied another universal truth to himself and his listeners. Those who glorify themselves are nothing. Or to quote a friend of mine, this is the author, okay? Uh, Happy are those who pat themselves on the back for fear no one else will. Oh, that's a good one. Jesus knew that his father would glorify him. And by his words and actions, Jesus always glorified his father and expressed his love for his father and others. The religious leaders claimed God as their father, yet they refused to glorify God the Father, preferring to glorify themselves and seek honor from others through their knowledge and interpretations of the scriptures and through their applications of their traditions to the behavior of others. Familiarity. Familiarity in today's world. People are seeking glory for themselves. They want people to say, oh, she is so versed in the scriptures. Oh, she can really preach. She can really teach. She can tell it like it is. Oh, he is so good. He is so good. But remember, if the person is filled with the Spirit of God. They are not seeking glory for themselves. They are seeking the glory for God. They're letting their light so shine that men will see their good works and glorify God, which is in heaven. So those of us who God has anointed, He saved us and sanctified us. We're truly saved and sanctified. We don't seek glory for ourselves. We are set on relaying the word of God, living a saved and sanctified life, letting people see our light shine, letting people hear the word of God and see it in action through us as much as we possibly can here on earth so that they will be inspired and accept, believe first and accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior in the pardoning of their sins. My, my, my. The religious leaders claimed God as their father, yet they refused to glorify God the Father 
preferring to glorify themselves and seek honor from others through their knowledge and interpretations of the scriptures and through their applications of their traditions to the behavior of others. I want to interject this. The Spirit just spoke to me one day out of the clear. I'm reflecting on my life and trying to live a sanctified life. I've made mistakes down through the years and did things that and that I didn't want to bring shame on the church, repented of my sins and everything, and sacrificed. And God reminded me, he said, all of that that they were telling you not to do and criticizing you for, they were doing far more worse than what they were telling you not to do. Now that is a blow. Well, you know, when God told me that, he didn't tell me that for me to judge and look down on those, some of those in my past, not all, but to learn from that and to always remember that he is a loving and a forgiving God and we can go to him and repent of our sins, the mistakes that we make or mistakes that we do. He is here ever-present, waiting on us to repent and get on with the rest of our sanctified lives. I thank God that all of the things that I uh, mistakenly did, He blessed me to repent of those and help me to go on and to be where I am today in Him. And I'm not saying that I haven't made. I'm not saying that because every day I'm striving to live a better life for Him, an even more sanctified life for Him. Because I want people to continue to see Him in me and be inspired and want to know about Him want to be forgiven, they want to repent of their sins, accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and be saved. And then, as Jesus said, those of us who are saved will never experience a spiritual death. Hallelujah. Never, ever. So that makes me look a little differently at death, because today it was death was on my mind, and not just for me, but the death that's happening on a a second-by-second basis. And many of us know the people. Somebody is touched by death every millisecond of the day. And God created the world. He gave Adam and Eve a chance. And then when Eve was beguiled by the serpent, And then Adam gave in to Eve through temptation. 
then that's what brought death about. So we're, we are dying every millisecond. And I'm thinking, God, I heard someone say, God, you can control everything. You could have stopped this. You could have done this. You could have done that. But God has left it up to us because of the Garden of Eden and the events. Now he sent Jesus Christ as our Savior. So we have a chance, even though some of us will see physical death. But if we are saved and sanctified, we will not experience spiritual death. So that gives me more ease in my mind. He said, I will not experience the spiritual death. So that gives me peace in my mind and in my soul. One day, could be any day, as the song tells us, Andre Crouch, it won't be long. Soon we'll be leaving. It won't be long. And we'll be gone. All right. That's the way it is. That's the way it's set up. God the Father, He set it up that way, and we deal with it. He sent Jesus Christ so that we will be forgiven for our sins. So we will not experience a spiritual death. All right? Now Jesus always told the truth to religious leaders and the crowds. He told the religious leaders they did not know God or keep the word of God. They did not know God even as they claimed the Father was their God. Jesus also told them the truth about himself. Unlike them, Jesus was not a liar. Jesus said he personally knew God the Father because he did. He said he knew the entire message and mind of God and he kept, meaning obeyed, God's entire message, including the message God the Father gave him to give to the world. In speaking to them, Jesus left no doubt about his relationship to God the Father. Jesus claimed to obey and please God perfectly all the time. And he not only claimed it, but he did it, all right? And why? Because Jesus is God. God is Jesus and the Holy Spirit at the same time. The Trinity, all make one. Hallelujah. So that means God himself came down here and gave his life, rose on the third day with all power in his hands just so I could be saved. You could be saved. I would be able to repent of my sins and accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and live a, live a saved and a sanctified life. And I say, hallelujah, thank you, God. Yes. But Jesus said that in the past, Abraham rejoiced when God the Father told him that he would see the coming of one of his descendants as Messiah and Savior of the world. The Bible does not tell us 
when God told Abraham about the coming of one of his descendants as the Messiah. But Jesus knew when this occurred because he was there. Abraham learned that though he would die physically, he would continue to live spiritually because of his faith. We can see that in Genesis 15 chapter and the 6th verse and then Romans the 4th chapter and the 3rd verse. Because Abraham did not see death spiritually, he saw Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, come into the world, and he rejoiced when he saw Jesus, the Word of God, come into the world in human flesh. On the mountaintop, and even before then, Moses and Elijah certainly rejoiced together to see Jesus' day. Quoting Exodus, the third chapter and the sixth verse, Jesus told the Sadducees in Matthew 22 and 32, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is God, not of the dead, but of the living. My, my, my. Now, according to tradition, a priest would quote, retire, end quote, at the age of 50. These religious leaders mocked Jesus because of his age, saying he was too young to know Abraham personally. They could not believe that Jesus could ever or could have ever seen Abraham alive. They wanted Jesus to tell them how he could see, have seen Abraham so they could have a further excuse to say Jesus had a demon. If Jesus had come into the world to glorify himself, he could have puffed himself up and elaborated to the religious leaders that he had seen Moses and Elijah and a long list of faithful believers in the Old Testament who rejoiced when they saw him born in Bethlehem and saw his signs. Now, Jesus tells them even more directly what he has told them before. And this is what he said in John the 8th chapter and the 58th verse. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. He left no doubt about who he was and is. Jesus said he lived before Abraham was born. In John first chapter, or John 1, excuse me, we learned that all created existence was created through Jesus, the Word of God. Notice, Jesus said to them, I am rather than I was. I am relates to eternity past, present, and future, not just the past. Jesus claimed to be eternal, one who was divine, uncreated, has always existed, and will never cease to exist. That is God. Quote, I am, end quote, okay, is always present from beginning to end. Quote, I am, end quote, is the Alpha and Omega. 
in Revelation, the first chapter and eighth verse, Jesus told John, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I am is the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament or translation of the original Hebrew language in Exodus, the third chapter and the 14th verse. God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. The New Testament was written in Greek for the largest number of readers around the world and also uses I am as in the Septuagint. The religious leaders understood that Jesus applied the divine name to himself and that was why he said that before Abraham came into existence, he existed. Therefore, they took up stones to kill Jesus for blasphemy. They would have succeeded if his father had not protected him and helped him leave the temple safely. The father did this in fulfillment of the scripture that the devil misapplied to Jesus when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness. In Matthew, the fourth chapter, the fifth through the seventh verses, we read, Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus would not die physically until he had fulfilled all his father's purposes for him, had given the word the father sent him to teach and worked signs of God's compassion, gave words of warning, and died a sacrificial death on the cross for the forgiveness of sins so he could cleanse his followers from sin and give them eternal life. Questions? Now these are questions for you to ponder over and study yourself. Just something, just a little think tank thing. Number one, why do you think Jesus did not deny that he was a Samaritan? Number two, when accused of having a demon, what are some things Jesus said in John the 8th chapter and the 49th verse? What lesson might his followers learn from Jesus' reply? Number three, what must someone do to never see death? What did Jesus mean? Four, what did Jesus say about seeking glory? Five, why did the religious leaders pick up stones and to throw or to throw at Jesus? Why did religious leaders pick up stones to throw at Jesus? 
This is Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries. 469-692-9543 is the telephone number. The email address is ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com. I would really be elated in hearing from you, okay? Let me hear from you. Just send me a voice message, send me a text, send me an email. If there's something you'd like to hear me teach on, send that to me. And as the Lord directs, I'm sure he will give me what to do and say. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth forever and to all generations. That's us, y'all. He's good now. If you have not repented of your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and are living a sanctified life, or if you have repented of your sins, accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and lived a sanctified life, but yet you are in a backslidden state, that means that you're not living a sanctified life now. You have a chance within a few seconds to come back to God or come to God, either or. Now, you can call me at 469-629-9543 or email me at ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com or you can contact pastors all over the world But just make sure that you seek God and follow his guidance to a sanctified leader. All right. He will not lead you astray if you rightfully and sincerely seek his guidance to lead you to a place where you can fellowship with the people of God. I love you. This is Greater Gospel Temple, the church of praise and worship. I love you.